quick question for you. Hey, let me ask you something. Can I ask you a question? Can you dig it? Yes, guy. Can you dig it? Yes, guy. The man with the words you've been dying to hear. Yes, guy. This is the Yes Guy Show with Jim Taddy on TSN 1050. Can you dig it? Oh, Yes Guy. A new year. How exciting. Welcome to episode 106 of Yes Guy, the radio show, or as we like to say, Yes Guy 106. Coming up in the broadcast very shortly, Matthew Shinetti from TSN Soccer Department, among other departments, going to go back over the World Cup and uh, recap what that meant to him and, and to everybody else, really. John Abbott is the uh, Ottawa Senators play-by-play voice for TSN, and he's going to stop by as well. Frankie Corrado will be with us, and Frankie C is going to stop by and play Yes Guy, No Guy as well. So a double hit from Frankie C. Before we get going, if you are an experienced real estate agent, you should add a distinct advantage and comprehensive value. Contact Charles Parkman. Managing broker Remax Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage, offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive coaching and mentoring. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. When you go to the fox40shop.com website, you will find the Fox 40 Titan, Fox 40 Coaching Boards, the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, producing 100 decibels at the push of a button. Go to fox40shop.com, use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. Guest number one, Matthew Shinetti. Welcome in, Matthew, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jim. Good to hear your voice, my friend. And, and yours as well. So, so let's go back over this. Uh, I mean, there's many layers to deal with the World Cup. The first one I want to start on is, is the Canadian efforts. Um, obviously, a close game against Belgium and learn some lessons along the way. When you look back on it, what do you see? I see a team that went out and didn't sit back. I see a team that played as it played through qualifying, which is push forward, attack, be confident, take risks. But I also see a team that uh, from every aspect of the lineup, through the medical staff, through the coaches, and all the way up to John Herdman himself, had to learn a lot of lessons. This is, um, (laughs) I can tell you this, this is the best way to describe it. There is no way to understand the lights, the sound, the emotions, all of the attention that just bubbles up at a World Cup until you're there. You can, you can close your eyes and you can think of it. You can pretend like you know what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden you get in the field about 15 minutes, 10 minutes, five minutes before kickoff, and it's a whole other world. It really is, as, as, the, as the tournament name kind of dictates, it's the world. And when you're in a stadium and there are people all over the globe, from all over the globe in the stadium, you feel it. When you know that there are people all around the world watching, you feel it. And Canada felt that uh, especially knowing the teams it was it was facing in Belgium and in especially Croatia and then I was in the stadium when those Moroccan fans were basically outnumbering the Canadians uh not just through like almost it felt like four to one the the noise in there was was palpable but you watch Canada play through every game and yes uh I think you go back now as we are you take a look at some of the issues they had uh, tactically, some of the issues they had in defense, some of the issues they had in, in you know, some of the issues they had in goalkeeping, but it, it was not one person's fault. This was a team that was learning how to play at this level, and and some might point to um, take a look at Morocco and 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 what they were able to accomplish, and the fact that Canada was in a group where two semifinalists came out of it, but ultimately all the teams in Canada's group 
had World Cup experience. They understood what it took to play on that stage at that level and understood all of the stresses and every little permutation that can happen at a World Cup. Canada learned, but I can, I can tell you this, there was a moment, a couple of them in each game, Certainly, we will always take a look at, you know, Alfonso Davies picking up the ball first um, uh, instead of perhaps Jonathan David against Belgium. But I look more at after the game when I'm in the tunnel and I'm right by Belgium's locker room and I'm watching the Belgian players come up to Atiba Hutchinson, come up to member, come up to uh, Stephen Vittoria, come up to members of the Canadian men's team and saying, you deserve something today, like with, with, with legitimate and authentic respect. I think about those first five, 10 minutes against Croatia where Canada, you could possibly say it was an extension of John Herdman's emotions after, uh, after the loss against Belgium. They, they kept yeah. going forward and pushing forward and they score. And I think about a moment when there was a mistake against Morocco and Steve Vittoria misplays a ball back to Milan Borjan and it, and, it, and it leads to Morocco's first goal. And Alistair Johnston, who's now playing in Celtic, just played in the old firm derby, runs over to Milan Borjan. And you could see a future captain in Alistair Johnston kind of just calm down his, his goalkeeper, reassure him. All of those moments I got, I got to see at, at field level really shows that this team, you, you, you think, at least if you're thinking constructively after an experience like that at the World Cup, that Canada's going to learn from those, from those moments. I have to say, first of all, that was very well put, but but I think that's what we felt over here watching it was that this was a learning um, exercise, and hopefully it was approached that way. Um, the other question I want to ask you about this is, uh, you know, when you cover things, I mean, you're away, you're, you're on the road, you're in a, in a new environment, and I'm not going to say uh, how it changes you, but it, but it has to leave an influence on you. So can, is there any possible way you could look back on your work and say, well, I have a new influence here, and, and this has been added to my file? I think I think that's 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 um, uh, I appreciate you asking that question because it's the one I tried to explain to people when they asked me how it was. Um, it, I feel very lucky and humble to have to have worked that event, knowing now that momentum is building and three and a half years isn't a long time, Jim. When the World Cup will be in Toronto, and I'm telling everybody now, yeah. you have no idea yeah. what's coming. Like it literally is like when the snow globe kind of, kind of covers the city and, and FIFA takes over, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a different experience. It feels like a different world. Um, but that's not to necessarily overshadow some of the realities that I saw in Qatar. Um, uh, some of the, uh, I won't say issues, I won't say predicaments, but just eye-opening moments, realizing um, with humility that uh, not only do do uh, not only was I fortunate and our crew was fortunate to, to work as hard as we were, but just to realize um, when you see other people from across the world and you and, and you get a sense of the human experience and what and what this sport and this tournament means to people from all walks of life, socially and economically, when you when you get what it means and you also see the work that the you know we're talking specifically of Qatar here. The migrant workers put in to uh, to to putting this tournament together. When you see what it's like for them at the ground level, you really appreciate some of the uh, uh, some of the blessings that we have on on this side of the world. And that's from a social perspective, from from the journalistic journalistic perspective, from what I covered. Um, it's it's unlike anything that uh, it, it is is the great honors I put on social media of my professional career to, to to see Canadian fans there to know that 
not just myself, but an entire team was telling was telling Canadian stories on on a stage that Canada hadn't been in in over a generation. It's it, it's 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 eye opening, and it's something that I I hope I'm lucky enough to do again in 2026. And but to see the level of appreciation, I'm not talking from the players. Oh, thanks thanks TSN or thanks this media outlet for covering us, but to see the level, uh, I I go back to a story I told during the Croatia pregame about Kamal Miller and what it meant for him to represent his country and what he was thinking about the moment that O'Canada was playing. That's the kind of stuff that every Canadian wants to hear, not because it glosses over certain aspects of life, but it gets us back to the human element of why we play uh, for teammates, why we represent our countries and why we, you know, decide whether you're, you know, working for a network and, and, and you want to, you want to earn your way to covering the world cup or you're a player just trying to get to, what, what could be the pinnacle of your career, why it matters. And I was very lucky to, to kind of see that in so many different layers when I went to Qatar. Let's talk about Pele. I mean, obviously just passing away and uh, services this week for him. Um, I mean, it had to have an impact even at the World Cup. His presence, you know, in, in terms of his past was there, wasn't it? I was there at the Khalifa International Stadium when the U.S. faced the Netherlands, uh, and as news was coming in that he that uh, Pele was being moved to palliative care uh, away from cancer treatment, um, there's a, there's a, a tower, a spire that uh, that kind of uh, is just outside the Khalifa International Stadium. It's it's the older it was the oldest of the stadiums, refurbished stadium in Qatar and Doha, uh, and it changed uh, to Pele and and his face. Uh, and just those those four letters that I don't think there's an athlete on the world. Maybe Jordan is the only other one, but in four letters, I mean, Pele is, is a language that uh, most people on this planet understand. And the one thing uh, that everyone has said over and over again, uh, yes, England invented the sport, um, or at least the sport as we know it in, 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 a, in a semi-modern sense. But Pele was the one player that showed the world what the possibilities of the game were. I mean, you go back to, uh, I certainly wasn't alive in 1958, uh, but you, you can easily go back to watching some of the footage and just being awestruck. For those soccer aficionados, they'll think of Sir Stanley Matthews and, and how he played for Blackpool and, and the way his dribbling runs down the field in, in, just in, in post-war England. But the fact is Pele revolutionized the game and every and I wrote about this for Sports Center, but every player and the way they play now from Kylian Mbappe's goal uh, against Argentina his incredible second goal you know where he's basically almost physically and in, in, in terms of his, his body and physics it almost impossibly leaning the other way and scoring a goal all of that is you can trace it all the way back to Pele so it, and there's also political layers to this as well, uh, you know, knowing when, when he was playing Pele uh, and, and kind of the political divisions within uh, within Brazil. And I won't speak about them in great detail because I'm not Brazilian, but knowing that even now um, there are there is both praise for the man because he was above the political fray, but also, you know, deep discussions about why he didn't take uh, a more proactive approach or a progressive approach. That's you only get to that level of influence if you've had the life and lived the life that Pele did. Um, and to know that his legacy lives on and every time someone kicks a ball, whatever, whatever level they're playing at, uh, I don't think there's, a, there's, there's another athlete on the planet, perhaps apart from Michael Jordan, that can say that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, and from the past, Ali would, would be certainly oh, yeah, in, in absolutely. that. Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. That's, yeah, a, great, that's yeah. a great call. 
Um, let's let's close out on by talking about the final. I mean, this is a complete one-off game. It had uh, more excitement than you can imagine. You know, in, in North American sports, we've seen wacky endings to Super Bowls, Stanley Cup finals, the Major League Baseball, and uh, Grey Cups. But but this one was right there, wasn't it? I was. I I I, I have been inside Lucille, uh Stadium. I was there for Cameroon against Brazil. It is a enormous stadium. It's it's cavernous. The, uh, they talk about packing in 85 to 95,000 people. Um, I don't think you could have found a better stage for a game like that. I mean, uh, everyone was transfixed. I think certainly, and we had seen it before with Argentina, they go 2-0 up against uh, the Netherlands, and then the Netherlands, especially with that cheeky uh, set play that they had at the end, pulls it back. But there just seemed to be an inevitability about uh, the way Argentina was playing after they lost to Saudi Arabia. It's almost as if Messi and, and, and his emotions and the fact that uh, it was his last World Cup, and, and this is the only trophy he doesn't have. And his players playing the way they did from certainly uh, you, you take a look at the play of someone like Alexis McAllister and then Angel Di Maria and what he did in the final. But um, I, I champions are champions for a reason. And Kylian Mbappe, um, if there's anyone in terms of youth and his impact on the game, that is, is certainly carrying Pele's legacy and what he did as a young man in his teens. It's killing Mbappe. I, the composure to hit three penalties in a game, uh, the goal I already mentioned, and, and to single-handedly pull his team uh, back into the game. Uh, and it, 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 you, you, you reference you know, someone like Muhammad Ali and some of the great boxing matches he had uh, you know, against Joe, uh, George Foreman and, and, and Joe Frazier. You, you, you think of a soccer game like this in that context as well. And ultimately, uh, you know, the, some of the matches will be remembered for, you know, especially the penalty shootout with uh, uh, Emiliano Martinez's uh, his hijinks at the end. But everyone is going to remember um, Lionel Messi on the shoulders of his good friend Sergio Aguero holding up the World Cup trophy as that lasting image of I did it. I've conquered the mountain. And, and to see, uh, see a player, um, especially one who is just so accomplished as Lionel Messi and everything he did, finally go ahead and lift the World Cup and say, I can legitimately call myself one of, if not the greatest player uh, who's ever played this game. Uh, the, the, the hundreds of millions, if not billions of people who were lucky enough to watch that game will never forget it. Matthew, what's next for you? Well, what's next for me now is uh, we, we are trying to find out a couple of things. I mean, the, the news of Tejon Buchanan and his potential, uh, and this is the one positive move out of um, – out of the World Cup, obviously, you see Alistair Johnson going to Celtic and playing in the Old Firm Derby. Certainly a lot of news around Tejon Buchanan. Where is he going to be going? Equally, as you say, my heart, uh, as it always does, belongs to the CFL. Uh, where does Bo Levi Mitchell go? Uh, as much as I'm yeah. enjoying a little bit of downtime, there won't be much of it in the coming weeks, Jim. <laughs> well, you won't rest, but you'll enjoy it. Thanks very much, Matthew. Take care, my friend. I will, and you will too. When you go to the fox40shop.com website, you will find hockey products like the Fox 40 Call, the Fox 40 Super 4 CMG. Don't forget to pick up a copy of The 40 Ways of the Fox, Ron Foxcroft's inspirational book for new entrepreneurs and business veterans alike, fox40shop.com. Use the code YESGUY for 15% off your order. A distinct advantage and comprehensive value are important ads for any experienced real estate agent. That's what Charles Park Managing Broker, REMAX Realty Services Incorporated Brokerage has waiting for you. 
offering state-of-the-art technologies with exclusive mentoring and coaching. Call Charles at 647-292-8886 for a confidential interview or contact him via email charlespark at remax.net. Coming up next, TSN's Ottawa Senator's voice on television, John Abbott. This is Yes Guy, the radio show on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy, the radio show. Check out Fox 40's new premium whistle, the Fox 40 Titan, and a sleek titanium body. The Titan emulates the authentic sound of the Fox 40 Classic. Available now in titanium gold or matte black. Go to fox40shop.com. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at 1-877-734-3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Let's bring in our play-by-play guy, John Abbott, who does the Sens on TSN, National Lacrosse League action, CHL action, has worked with the Leafs in Vancouver in the past, among other stops. John, how are you today, sir? Hey, Happy New Year, Jim. I'm great. Always nice to speak to you. And uh, great to speak to you as well, and glad to see you're, you're picking up some work with the, the Sens on, on TSN. Tell us about that. Oh, it's been uh, phenomenal, and, and really, uh, I feel so fortunate to be able to share the chair with Gordon Miller Um, going back to last season, getting my feet wet in in that role officially and then rolling into this season. And, you know, it's it's an exciting hockey team, despite the fact that they find themselves looking up at the playoff spot yet again, Uh, you know, lots of, lots of good pieces. Uh, The fan base seems reinvigorated. Maybe some new ownership pushes that further across the line. So it's been a wonderful environment, great crew, with our TSN crew and, uh, you know, a place I used to call home as well in Ottawa. So feel incredibly fortunate to be back in the market and, and loving every second of it. Well, you've got a unique perspective here. You've done the Leafs, you've done Vancouver, now you're doing Ottawa. What is the difference or is there one? <laughs> I think there's, <laughs> there, there's certainly some similarities in the passion of a Canadian fan base. So I will say that uh, differences might be, you know, how far the microscope zero in, zeroes in on uh, particular elements of, of the teams. Uh, yeah, Vancouver gets painted with, uh, with the brush of, of maybe a little bit of a crazy fan base. I, I think they're, you know, maybe linear to Toronto and just how much they care about the team. However, um, you know, they look at the, the way things have gone with different management groups and, and maybe wonder their direction a little bit more than perhaps Leaf fans do at the current moment, although I know it all um, depends on how Toronto does in that first round of the playoffs. And then there's Ottawa, and I guess common themes would be is that they've all had their hardships and they all feel hard done by, and they're all waiting for that Stanley Cup to come around. So, yeah, unique, I would say, in each different city in our country uh, that I've had the pleasure to work in, but... It's the same deal at the end of the day. They all care really, uh, they all care very much uh, about their hockey team, about every single detail uh, that goes into making their season a successful one. And, and, you know, missing the playoffs as many times or uh, not getting out of the first round if you're Toronto, you know, adds up. And, and, uh, you know, that, that certainly factors into the season beginning each year and where the fan bases are at. You know, as you were going through that, I, I thought, and this was a this is a Maple Leaf problem, obviously, but I think it would apply to Vancouver and now Ottawa because Ottawa's been around long enough. Uh, when you do the analysis on the Leafs and, and Vancouver and Ottawa as well, you get the history lesson as well, don't you? Absolutely, and you think of, so on one side, you know, Ottawa has 
Ottawa's pain and losing to the Anaheim Ducks in the finals, and and then they remember poorly the those consecutive playoffs where the Leafs had their number in the strangest of fashion with the Patrick Laline days, and and then of course you go into Vancouver and the heartache of losing to the the Boston Bruins in the final, and and then going through some real lean years uh, as of late before you know kind of the bubble brought them back uh, into the postseason and. and seeing their roster transform time and time again. And, uh, you know, a second rebuild, perhaps Ottawa feels they're out of a rebuild and really start to make some noise. And, and now Toronto, I think, you know, feels that they're in, they should be one of the teams in the driver's seat with all of that type of discussion behind them. Um, the bitter losses in the playoffs and, and their roster transformation, you know, their roster is maxed out right now. So yeah, it's really, it's really uh, interesting to go back through, the history and see how that adds up. And yeah, trust me, every franchise is not just the Leafs. Every franchise has lots of those moments. Just ask Canuck fans about uh, the New York Rangers in 94 and, and for the Ottawa senators, uh, you know, the last four seasons really have, have added up in the wrong direction for them. Um, You do lacrosse as well. I got to believe that's fairly similar to hockey. Oh man. I love it. Uh, It's similar in the sense that you have guys laying it out on the line and it's fast moving. Um, but I think it's unique in a sense that it really incorporates a little bit of basketball tactics. Uh, it incorporates a little bit of almost uh, a soccer flow at times. And yet there's just nothing like it with how, uh, how much contact there is and how wide open the pace is. So uh, yeah, there's a, there's a multitude of sports that uh you know, lend their hand into making that game great, but that separates lacrosse from any other sport I've worked with is just uh, how fast the game is played and, and how aggressive it's played. And you think of the, the average goals in a game. I mean, you're up into the up into the 20s, way over the 20s between two teams usually. So it's a whole different ball of wax. And, man, is it fun to, to broadcast. And, and I think for anyone that's seen a game, it, they would say, man, is it is it fun to be there in person. I always uh, describe lacrosse as everything that hockey was. Would you agree with that? Yeah, there's a little more old school feel to it. You're right. Like uh, you can certainly flash a guy and hack and whack a guy and, uh, you know, impede a a player. Um, Although I think, I think lacrosse probably has the speed of the current game, I would say lines up. So yeah, there's some elements of, of old school, if you will, with the, the physicality, but, one thing you can't deny is the speed and the skill I would say is right there with today's game. If we're drawing comparisons. So it's a good mix. Okay. I'm going to point this out, not to embarrass you because it, but it's what I think Uh, when I listen to your play by play, I think of Matt Devlin and uh, Matt can do any sport. So what are the sports that you haven't done that you want to do? Wow. That is a compliment. And I don't know that I've ever been compared to anybody before. So thanks for that, Jim. Uh, I would love to. I'll send you the invoice. Yeah, please do. Please do. You won't get much in return though. I'll remember you at Christmas next year. Uh, That might have to be good enough. Uh, No, that's a compliment because I know, I know Matt uh, does so many things well, including baseball, which he's been, uh, you know, almost annually, uh, called upon to do aside from his Raptors duties and uh, go back in time with me as we've discussed on and off the air Jim is you build a body of work through experience and a lot of that comes from 
you know, in my, in my time, local cable, and part of that was the University of Western Ontario, and, and I got to run the gamut on their on their varsity sports scene. So I've been able to to sprinkle in a couple of different sports along the way, but at this point, I would I would uh, love to do anything professionally um, that was thrown at me, and I, I I think the only caveat to that is there are certainly Lots of hardworking guys in individual sports that have done the same thing with me uh, as me, you know, spending time to work their way up um, in the individual sport that they're attached to and and trying to crack it at the pro league. So um, all that said, I I, I don't say no to very much, uh, but very few of us get to to be multifaceted. And and I would just add a name to that. One that I deeply admire is Chris Cuthbert for how uh, he's, he's able to be versatile in the booth as well. So how did all this start for you? Because I've I just, you know, for, from my own experience, there's a seed inside you. You don't know what it is, and, and you just follow it, and uh, and away you go. That that's uh, definitely my story. But uh, and I would assume yours is is sort of a different variation of that, but but somewhat similar. Yeah, similar, and and I think that's a good way of putting it, Jim. And I and I know from following you uh, at different points in your career that that passion has always been there with you as well. And I think. Uh, it's easy to say that everybody's passionate about what they do. I think most of us have to be to be in this type of, of a position, but um, you really find out how passionate you are when you're volunteering to, to do broadcasting at different levels yeah. or uh, if you're willing to go work behind the scenes a little bit to get your foot in the door. And so without going on and on and uh, making this a real long answer, you know, that was something I had to do and I enjoyed every minute of it. And there were, so many good people that have helped me along the way. And that's what I think of the most is uh, giving me the opportunity to start in small communities and learn and develop skills on and off the air, um, you know, behind the scenes in front of the camera uh, to be able to take those skills with me. And, and, and one thing that's tied to me that is to you as well as the Ontario hockey league and the CHL. It was yeah. a, that was a opportunity for me to cut my teeth and really a, a a breaking ground moment for me. Um, if I wasn't able to get in and, and cover that league and be allowed to make some mistakes and really endure a few gro- growing pains and learn a whole lot along the way, I certainly wouldn't be having the opportunities I've been fortunate to get now. So that would be a big one as I look back and, uh, you know, very thankful for the people that have helped me. The the junior hockey people are, are very accommodating, very friendly, and very helpful. And, it, and it's a great spot for a young broadcaster to, at some point, be involved with it is and you know as a young guy i was (laughs) able to work with three really good franchises the old toronto st michael's majors um at bathurst and st Clair, uh, while they were still around the london knights on two different occasions and then uh the ottawa 67s and you take a little bit from each team you cover uh the people that you work with and uh you just add that into not only the resume, but into the book that you're writing. And if, if you would have told me at that time, I would have the chance to, to call a world junior hockey championship and, and really take it to the next level and, and be able to, to recognize the game on a national level and try and capture that experience and emotion that makes the tournament so fantastic. But to be able to get to do that uh, was one of the highlights of my career, and, and it's just so great um, at any level, but that would be the cherry on top when we're talking about yeah, covering junior hockey or covering uh, the that age group. John, thanks very much for your time. All the best in 2023, and be well, my friend. 
Always nice to catch up with you. Thanks for uh, always thinking of me. Best to you and yours in the new year. And uh, can't wait for some good sins and leaf battles down the road here. This segment is sponsored by Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Financial advisor Herb Braley, ready to help you with your financial needs. If you want a comfortable and real conversation about your options, contact Herb at one 734 3055 or visit his website, braleyadvisors.com. With 32 years of experience, Herb will help you do what you want to do with your money, get it back to you when you need it the most. Financial clarity and comfort with Braley Financial Advisors Incorporated. Well, let's talk about advanced planning. Your life, your say, your tribute, and your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit turnerporter.ca. Coming up next, Frank Carrado. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Yes Guy. Master your game strategy with Fox 40 coaching boards. Available for basketball, hockey, football, and more. Use the code YESGUY at checkout for 15% off your order. Go to fox40shop.com. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, or if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Now, friend of the show, and I mean that really sincerely, Frank Corrado is with us. Frankie, how are you today, sir? I'm good, Guy. How you doing? Well, let me check. Everything's good here. Everything is good, like yes, and... Yeah, and you've been all over the map here. I mean, we haven't worked together for a while. Uh, that'll yeah. happen on Saturday night when Detroit plays the Leafs. But in the meantime, uh, you've been filling in on overdrive, uh, first up, Leafs lunch, and also uh, being the analyst in a Habs game. What was that like? It was interesting. It was my first time doing color commentary, and I got the call to go down to Fort Lauderdale, which is not a bad assignment, Jimmy, as you know. You spent a lot of time down on the beach there in Fort Lauderdale. Some may have spotted you in a Speedo at one point or another. I can't oh. confirm or deny that. Um, but it was, it, it was cool. You know what? It was, it was an eye-opening experience to see how much prep work goes into these games for the guys who do the play-by-play and the color. And um, you really get an appreciation for the guys that are, are really good at it. So it was, it was fun. It was um I would love to do it again, and um, it, it's a it's a cool you know cool little thing to to try out. So I mean, really, what you're saying is, uh, in that situation, you're not working with a host that sets you up. Well, from time to time, the play-by-play guy will. Like if we're coming uh, out of a break, our play-by-play guy might set me up for something, and we might have a close-up of a player, and, and we'll kind of just talk about that. Uh, but really, you have to be pretty pretty sharp and pretty focused as to what's happening in the game. You never know when a whistle's going to blow. You never know whether there's going to be a stoppage in play, and, and you're up, and you got to analyze what happened or have some kind of story to tell, uh, whether it's you know something that's happening in the game or about a player. And um, that was that was the one thing that really stuck out to me is just how you have to be focused for you know the whole duration of the game. Whereas you know when you and I are sitting up there in the 600 level, we're you know, we're eating ice cream, we're eating popcorn, and, you know, we have our, our 10 minutes in the intermission that we have to talk. So it's a little different that way. Yeah, and, and, of course, in that particular case, the host is always setting you up. But, I, you know, I don't want to go down that road. It's, it's uh, you know, obviously you don't want to admit that. But nonetheless, uh, so let, <laughs> let me ask you this. It, you know, doing the, 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 all that prep work and, and, and stuff for the, the TV uh, uh, color analyst job, I mean, that's sort of like playing, isn't it? It is a little bit, but it's different than playing because playing you, you, you go on the bench and you can check out a little bit, right, because you're just kind of catching your breath. 
but you're you've got to be on you've got to be sharp for the whole game when when you're doing that kind of stuff and you know what like Brian Mudrick was was the guy who I did the game with he's so good I mean he calls such a good game and you know you see all the notes that he has and he's so well organized and he has all these player cards and little story cards and he tapes them to the desk and in front of him and so you know, if we're getting a close-up of a guy or we have a little bit of a break in play, he knows exactly where to go and, and what to call. And for me, you know, I'm just trying to follow his lead. And and when you see, um, you know, when you see your partner kind of put in that much effort and work into his craft, you're like, okay, like I'm, I got to bring it, you know, because uh, I'm not going to be the guy not, uh, you know, living up to my end of the bargain, let's say, for lack of a better term. Um, so it is, it is, somewhat similar in the sense that you know as a player you're playing the game and as a an analyst a game analyst you're kind of calling the game and, and what happens in the game but um first of all I was I was more nervous for this than I was ever playing a game and then you know it, it's almost like when you're like guys used to say the referees have a hard job because they skate for 60 minutes right they don't get to sit down on the bench during the period um, yeah. so you never really, you never really think of it that way. And then as far as being, uh, you know, the color analyst, you're the guy who needs to be ready to talk at any point. So you really have to be dialed in as to what's happening on the ice. And, you know, you can't really space out, right. You gotta, you have to know why things are happening and then be able to articulate that, um, at a moment's notice. Well, you could do that because when we do our work, you'll you'll if I talk about a play, you'll take me back uh, a couple of seconds before and, and describe how it started. Uh, the question I wanted to ask you was because you're you know you're you're seeing a replay. I mean, there's no way you can do anything but but tell the truth there, right? Well, that's the thing. That's the proof, right? Like that adds credibility to you, and so um, you know you kind of start your sentence, let's say, or your thought before the replay kicks in. And then the guys in the truck are, are getting the replay ready for you. And you kind of just watch it on the monitor from there. Um, and, and you can speak to it. Like every broadcast is a little different. Um, you know, Jimmy, I can let you in on a little secret here. Uh, uh -oh. Just keep it between us. Um, yeah, nobody's so going to hear it. Yeah. So when you do the Habs broadcast, we're, we're actually picking up a feed. Uh, the RDS feed when we do the Habs broadcast. I don't know if anyone yeah. knows that. So we, um, you know, we don't really have control over what replays are coming out. Like most of the time we're going to know, like if there's a goal, there's a big save, we're coming back from break and there was a penalty. Those are pretty obvious, right? But there's, right. there's times throughout the game where you're not exactly sure what's coming up. So you just have to pay attention to the monitor and you might be talking about something and then you see the play develop and you're like, okay, I remember this play. Like, let's, you know, we'll talk this one through. So um, it, it is a little different, and, but it was, I mean, it's a great way to kind of learn and adapt on the fly. Um, you know, it really keeps you on your toes, similar to how you do with me. Like I know you and I, if we're coming back from a period, you know, especially when we first started, I'd ask you, Jimmy, where are you going here? Like, guy, don't worry about it. All right, I'll keep you on your toes. So you've uh, you've, you've that was my way me. of saying I didn't know where we were going. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that. I wanted to make well, it seem like you knew, but you weren't telling me like a well, you know, I don't, like a training I don't, ground. 
No, I don't like to get ahead of things. People will say, well, are you going to – I do – whenever the mouth opens, that's what I do. I mean, I, I yeah. live in the moment. But, but that, you that know, thing you're describing with, with, the, with the video is that's great training for anybody because it will force you to develop a train of thought that's adjustable to the video, whatever the video is. Yes, and you know what you are, Jimmy, right? You, uh, you are organic in the way you kind of come across your thoughts and what you want. I should just call you Whole Foods because you're 100% <laughs> organic in the way, you know, you, you provide, uh, you, you kind of tee me up in the intermissions. Yeah, well, I, whatever, I just pick it out of the air because I've done it long enough that I don't worry about anything, right? It's just like, what am I going to say? Well, let's try this, and if it doesn't work, yeah. then it's easy or, to shift gears, right? Or or even when, you know, when we have Ralphie so generous enough to, to stay on for the post-game shows for TSN 1050, and, uh, you know, yeah. we're asking him a few questions, and you've asked him a couple, I've asked him a couple, and we look at each other, we're like, all right, we got to fill a little more time here. What are we going to do? And you just give me the subtle, the, the subtle finger point. It's you, guy. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 here. guy. <laughs> yeah. Think of something, guy. Like, all right, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see yeah, we your turn. That's usually, and, and that's usually when it goes off the rails. But I think that's, I think yeah. that's what people appreciate about our post game yeah. show. And at some point, it does have to go off the rails a little bit. How long yeah. we let it go, that, that's always kind of up in the air. And then, Jimmy, you kind of wrangle it back in. You throw the lasso out there, you wrangle it back in, and, and we're back <laughs> on track. Yeah, and the way to send it really off the rails is to get Ralphie with a question to talk about his playing days, and, and then it just goes, it slides right off the cliff. That's right. And then, <laughs> then, it's, then it's really hard to get it back on track because, you know what, like, and Ralphie played in a different era than me, so I, I can appreciate some of the you know minor league um, issues that he came across throughout his career. <laughs> and, and and I played in the minors for a long time, so I got to see it at a more let's say uh, modern perspective on things. But I mean, people, fans know the NHL, right? And and the NHL is such a well-oiled machine, and and teams have all these this money and resources and. Um, you know, it's, it's such a business, right? And, and you get into the American Hockey League and you start talking about those days and riding the bus and showing up <laughs> to a game on a Tuesday night in Binghamton and having to put a suit on on the bus because the two arena workers are going to see you walk into the arena. Um, and, you know, some of the... <laughs> Some of the post-game meals you have in like Wilkesbury, Scranton, and you know, in the middle of December, it's like people don't necessarily think of that side of hockey. So, you know, if if Ralphie and I can can start talking about that kind of stuff, I, I think people can appreciate. It almost feels like slap shot in a way, you know, just just yeah. following like a minor minor league team and the trials and tribulations that come with that. I mean, you know, just the stories alone of the bus trying to fit through the drive-through lane has has got to be interesting. <laughs> uh, you know what? We've we've been in those we've been in those situations, and and you know what? Usually, you just kind of like park to the side. But I feel bad. I actually felt bad for the people who work in some of those like oh. on routes and service stops because we would, yeah. you know, we would be floating in there at weird times of night. Like the you know the places are open twenty four hours a day. And if we're trying to get back to Sudbury after a game in St. Catharines, right? Like we're, we're pulling up to the, the en route in Perry sound at like, I don't know, 1230, one o'clock, one, like one thirty, And there's like two people working in the place. And now it's a bus of 30, 
hungry, <laughs> angry adolescents and adults who just got spanked 6-2 by the Niagara Ice Dogs, and we want Tim Hortons, and we want a Licks burger. And <laughs> it's just a, it's a, it's a disaster. It's a, it's a full-on fiasco in there. I don't even know why they would – I don't know why they would even let us stop in there because it would take an hour – because they only have two people working in the place. And how could you blame them? It's 1.30 in the morning. Who else is driving up there except us? Did you ever do a pull-in and the lights went out? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the bus is coming. Turn the lights off. No one's home. Yeah, we're closed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone acts like no one's home. <laughs> you got to see the look on their face, though. It's just like the look of defeat. Like, no way. These guys are all going to order something at the exact same time. <laughs> they should get paid. They should get paid double time and a half for the hour yeah. that we are there ordering stuff at one thirty in the morning at the Honor and Perry Sound. Frankie, I'm going to ask you to stay where you are. When we come back, we're going to play Yes Guy, No Guy. You up for that? Oh yeah, Yes Guy. Okay. Homeowners are first-time buyers. If you're considering purchasing, refinancing, if your mortgage is coming up for renewal, talk to Dean Romani, TMG, SafeBridge Mortgage Solutions. Dean will provide you with custom-tailored mortgage solutions for all your needs. You can contact Dean on Twitter at MTGDean. Go to SafeBridgeFinancial.com or give him a call at 416-885-1761. Let's talk about advanced planning, your life, your say, your tribute, and all your way. Turner and Porter Funeral Directors. Let's start a conversation. Visit TurnerPorter.ca. This is Yes Guy on TSN 1050. Yes, guy. No, guy. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, drivers and passengers, time now for the official edition of Yes, Guy, No, Guy, and Yes, Guy, the radio show. It doesn't get any more official than that. Frankie C is with us. Guy, Yes, Guy, No, Guy, number one, New Year's Eve, big meal and snacks. Yes, guy. 100% yes, guy. I actually like it if you, you know, me and the missus, we go for a nice dinner or we cook a nice dinner, and then it is snack central, Jimmy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yes, guy, no guy. New Year's Eve, big crowd. No guy. Jimmy, I'll let you in on a little secret here. I am not a big New Year's Eve guy. I'm not a big crowd guy. I don't like to get price gouged. I don't like to be in, like, areas where there's too many people who don't necessarily go out regularly all at the same place at the same time. So that's going to be a no guy for me, Jimmy. Okay, a final yes guy, no guy from here. It's over at 12.30. Oh, no guy. No guy. You know what time it's over at? 12.05. That's when it's over, Jimmy. (laughs) That's originally what I wanted to put down, but I thought there might be a little drift for you because you're younger. But anyway, go ahead, sir. that's, That's what I drew up here, Jimmy. So why don't I start right there? Yes guy, no guy. Leaving the party you're at at 12.05. Oh, yes, guy. Totally into that. Just because it, it gets silly after that. I mean, it's done. where do the you go? Over. Where do you go? Yeah, that's right. Turn out the lights. The party's over. Well done. All right, Jimmy. How about this one? Wearing red underwear on New Year's Eve for good luck. Um, I'm going to say yes, guy, because the odds of anybody seeing that are pretty slim. So yes, guy to that. How about yourself? <laughs> you know what? I, I think. I think my wife said, you know, you're supposed to wear red underwear on New Year's Eve when back when we first started dating. And then I kept getting injured every year. So I'm like, you know what? No guy to the red <laughs> underwear. Well, wait wait a minute now. Maybe she was suggesting something else. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right, Jimmy. I heard, I, heard, I heard a couple of stories here of people going to banquet halls on New Year's Eve. 
and the yeah. amount of urine that was on the floor in the bathrooms in some of these oh. establishments. So, Jimmy, let oh, me ask God. you this. Banquet <laughs> hall on New Year's Eve. No, guy. That's a recipe for disaster. No, no crowd control. No. An emphatic, a hard capital letters, no guy. Time for one more. <laughs> Time for one more here, Jimmy. Yeah. Saying you can't go to a party so you stay home on New Year's Eve. Oh, yes, guy. Totally into that. How about yourself? Doesn't get much better than that. You got a couple buds or you're just, you know, you're hanging out at home. That's the way to do it. Stay away from the large crowd. Stay away from the traffic. Stay away from the $300 Uber from downtown Toronto back to the suburbs. I don't need it. I don't need it, guy. Okay, let's end on this. Yes, guy! (laughs) 